My name is Sarah Rosa Davies, and you're listening to the Emerald Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Emerald Soccer Podcast. I'm Sean Meadow. I'm joined by Matt Tyra. How's it going, everybody? And Austin Craycraft. Howdy, folks. And the, we're going to be talking Premier League. Uh, Austin and I did a preview of the Premier League, thanks to those who listened to that one on the Emerald Podcast Network. And uh, this is going to be a lot. There's so much to unpack. We're Monday, October 8th, 8.27 p.m. Pacific time. Guys, Manchester City played Liverpool this weekend. Reactions from that one? It was uh, a nil-nil draw for those that missed it. If you're listening... Sorry, spoilers, you should have watched it by now. But a nil-nil draw, I think maybe a fair result in that one. Uh, That's a win for probably Man United, Chelsea, Arsenal, and Spurs. Yeah, it's definitely a win for all of the other top six hopefuls, more than it is for Liverpool or Manchester City. But I'd actually like to hear Austin's thoughts on this before I dive in, because he is the Liverpool fan of the three of us. Um, from should my we, perspective, should we say our allegiances just I'll a go little ahead bit and here? Say, I'm actually wearing an Arsenal jersey or an Arsenal shirt uh, right now. Sean, oh, <laughs> uh, I'm reluctant to say it because then I just get hate for it. But Manchester United, yeah, and, and of course Liverpool, the Liverpool fan. So let's over let here. the Liverpool fan yeah. have All right, it. Liverpool. I mean, I'm just really glad this month and a half from from hell is finally over because. It was pretty brutal. It began with that Tottenham match, which seems like ages ago at this point, in which Liverpool won, I believe, 3-0 in that one and played like four, five, or six separate top 12 teams in the world, uh, according to 538, uh, in that month and a half. And that concluded with four straight non-wins for the Reds, including a loss to Chelsea, a draw with Chelsea, a loss at Napoli, and a loss... I mean, a draw with this Van City game. So um, it was a grind, but ultimately I think that game really did deserve a draw other than that Mares blast into the second, kind of the second. Uh, into into outer space, really. Yeah, I don't, I don't <laughs> know Maybe if into the second down tier. Yet. Yeah, um, I don't even know. The interesting thing to me with that penalty is that everybody is talking about how apparently Pep Guardiola brought on instructions that Mares is supposed to take that penalty instead of Gabriel Jesus. Uh, There's like four players on that field who I thought should have taken the penalty. And at the time, NBC at least showed a graphic. I don't know what about the rest of the world, but they showed a graphic of his last five pens. Mm-hmm. And he had missed three the, of them. The last, he, of the last five, he had missed three. Right. And converted just two. And all of them, if you looked on that chart, were kind of central as well, which yeah. to me is a hesitant penalty taker. Yep. You're a better penalty taker if you put him closer to the post or closer to the bar. I, I always kept penalties low because I was scared of doing exactly what Mares did. Right. And there is what he did. Right. But, I mean, that miss kept it a draw. And, I mean, three teams are top of the league, 20 points each. Yep. And if I'm Guardiola, obviously I'm having Jesus take that or David Silva take that. There are a couple other options you can think about that are on Sané, the Sané, who drew the penalty. Sané drew the penalty. Um, but Sergio Aguero has taken off in the second half in this game. And I think if he's on the pitch, there's no question – Kun Aguero is taking this penalty yeah, and he's burying it, and that's there's no points. doubt that he takes it. But he he did nothing the entire match. He didn't even register a shot. Neither did Jesus when he came on. So 
but that was kind of the nature of the game, wasn't it? Yeah, it was I mean, it was. Yeah, there, there weren't many shots. Both of these teams just couldn't break the other one's press, and uh, they both pressed just so smartly all the time. The the blast into the sky made me very happy because I think that. Liverpool didn't deserve to score, but I don't think they deserve to lose either. I agree with that. I think that at the last play, Virgil van Dijk, actually, he makes a a pretty decent tackle. He does yeah, he take out the ball. Sané, but he doesn't miss the ball by much. I think he got that, – that's just a rare instance that a great defender just – The best center back in the Premier League, yes. Yeah, no, I'll definitely listen to those conversations. But, yeah, a, a, a little, little reckless, bit, though. A little bit of a, a misjudgment on that one. I don't think that from the position Sané's in – He's doing anything immediately with the ball. So I don't know that the tackle needs to be made right there. But it's a good decision, and then Mares blasts it over. But outside of, like, maybe 10 minutes from the 60th to 70th minute where it started to open up a little bit, this was just kind of a, a midfield-dominated and impressed-dominated game. And Do you I think agree with one you team was scared to attack where – or both teams were scared to attack. Neither team really – I mean, really I, wanted to take the ra- like take the risk of running forward and kind of. the, that's what it felt like to me a little bit in the first half. The second half felt a little different. It was a little more open, like you said, Matt. But I mean, I mean, I think cities I don't really know what cities to just going to play their game. And if you and if that you don't allow them to do that, like so few clubs actually can, like they're not going to really stray from that too much. I do think Liverpool was much more conservative, playing Joe Gomez on the right and taking off Trent Alexander Arnold, and then uh, Andrew Robertson just not getting as far forward as we're accustomed to seeing him. But as someone who's been in a bunch of big time matches against Manchester City over the last year. I think Leroy Sané should play a lot more because he's he he strikes more fear into me than anyone else on that team. Uh, maybe other than David Silva with a lot of space in front of him. Leroy Sané is just a guy that, in general, I mean, he's still a very young guy. He's clearly very talented. The more run that he gets, the better he looks. But it was so puzzling to see him left off of the Germany squad during the World Cup, and now he's had issues with Pep Guardiola. It seems like I don't know if that's a an attitude issue. It kind of. Some of the things that I've read suggest I think Guardiola hinted at attitude, and that's, yes. I think, really key. You have to be positive. If you haven't watched the Amazon documentary All or Nothing on Manchester City, that definitely is something you notice, is the players who remain positive, the ones who are wanting to improve the most, are the ones that he kind of takes to the most. Mm-hmm. You see that in Raheem Sterling at one point in there, but then you also see some criticism of Raheem Sterling ahead of the game, and then he subs him off. And... Sterling's just never really performed that well when he goes back to Anfield, his Good. his old club. What? Try to say that out loud. <laughs> <laughs> but it's interesting. I mean, Guardiola after the game said that quote: "If it is an open game at Anfield, you don't even have one chance, not even one percent of a chance." And I think that's what it was that he's trying to stifle Liverpool so much that City didn't really get to play their own football and it's almost a win you know we've talked about this a little bit and and we've seen a lot of people saying this is a win for Manchester City because it's on the road because they have the experience as title winners and because they have more squad depth than Liverpool Uh, and I think there's something to that because also Man City is playing with out to me their best player right now Kevin De Bruyne who's still expected to return I I think in November I think next month is when he's supposed to be back from his injury he hasn't played in the Premier League yet this year I did he get hurt before the season started De Bruyne yeah he got hurt it was before I think it was before yeah because he didn't play against 
Oh man, he was hurt. I don't and believe was, he played against Arsenal. I'm pretty sure opener. it was the first game of the season now. Yeah. But it was an injury early on at least. It was August. And it was an injury that they said something significant time, but not as significant as first reported. Right. It's gonna be a He'll co- be back soon enough. I believe it's in November, but either way, I mean City has so much depth and the fact that this one is at Liverpool. I mean, it's not like it it's a loss for Liverpool and a win for Manchester City here. But if you had to pick a team that is a little bit happier with the result, I think you would pick City. But as Sean mentioned before, you know, we're going to get through the other teams that we expect to finish in the top six that are right around the top six right now. This is a huge win for all of them right now, just in terms of putting pressure on these two sides who now are tied with Chelsea or just two points up on Arsenal and on Spurs. Not to say that I don't think that Liverpool and, and City are still going to finish loads of points ahead of those three squads, but certainly now they have to be feeling a little bit of pressure. I think that there's plenty of pressure at the top, and I think the most pressure this season falls on City besides Manchester United because of Jose Mourinho, but we'll get into that in a minute. But the most pressure this season falls on to City for me because of the defending champions. Guardiola system works in England now, apparently, so... Let's see if it continues to work. Uh, I don't know. Austin might feel differently with Liverpool. I mean, I don't know that there's so much pressure. I mean, I know that still the whole Klopp hasn't gotten any hardware for everything he's done. Like, people are considering him one of the best managers in the world, and he still just hasn't won <laughs> anything. But I'm not. Mourinho's got a Europa League, man. I know. Catch up. Hey, Arsenal just brought in the king of the Europa League in this Unai Emery. This is true. Perfect timing. <laughs> really is perfect timing. We could use it this campaign. But um, I think that Klopp doesn't need hardware to validate what he's done so far with Liverpool, although I do think that with the transfers they've made since Klopp said, yeah, you know, we're so- not a buying club, yep. well, he brought in Van Dyke, he brought in Naby Keita, he brought in Alisson. They're playing like a team that spent all that kind of money, but that does bring on some extra pressure, especially as you know, City has started to look like this new dynasty. I mean, yeah, everything looks improved except the attack isn't what we saw last year with 91 goals across all competitions. And that falls mostly on the shoulders of Mo Salah. (sighs) Yeah, what has happened to the Egyptian pharaoh? Well, so I don't think anything's necessarily happened. I've... Or is it... My my roommates... Dare I say, a one-season wonder? Yeah, 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 whatever. Uh, He... Everyone's... You can go check. I said it last year that it was a one-season wonder. So I don't I'm think stick that's, with it. I, I mean, you, you can believe what you want. Have the floor, Austin. Take it. So, I mean, he hasn't finished so far this year. Like, he just hasn't converted goals. But he's still getting in kind of those same positions he has. His expected goals. Oh, boy. Here we go. Uh, he has – this is just in the Premier League. He's played in eight games. He scored three goals. But he should have scored about six at this point. So that's just finishing. And I have confidence in him as a finisher to turn things around over – over this period of the season, and uh, I think that confidence is not nearly where it was last year where he's like, wherever I am, you give me an inch of space, I'm putting it away. He's still Liverpool's best player, I think, or at least best offensive player for sure. Mm. That's a great conversation to have of who Liverpool's best player is because I think this year there's a conversation to be had for at least one player in each phase of the game for them. Yeah. I think if you look at Van Dijk as a defender, maybe their most important player to He's the way that they try and play. Naby Keita has been one of the most influential players. He hasn't even them. been the best midfielder on the team, which is crazy. You think, Mil- been James you think Milner? Yeah. yeah he's un- 
I don't know. I don't know how he does it. If he's the not... other thing to that though is that I think Kada does bring Milner a degree of freedom. He did not have to be this good in previous seasons. No, they both help each other out a lot. Milner just has what I've heard is some of the best conditioning in all of the world. Like he's one of the most conditioned players in the entire world, and he. If he wasn't English, I'll just say it, I think he would be much more lauded than he is. Wow. I have to agree, honestly, with that. I think Milner's been one of those players over the years where you're, like, wary of when your team's facing him. You're wary that he could cause some damage, but you're also like, nah, our fullbacks are fine. Not Milner. You're you're just— Not Milner. And then all of a sudden he burns you, and then you're like, well, it happens once or twice a season for him. But then you look at the numbers, and it's really not once or twice. No. He's consistently there, and he's consistently good at a high level. So, I mean, props to him, but... He also came off in that City game. Yeah. Um, and Navicata came off. I don't know him. about about that. If that's, Do you think that's more defensive-minded or offensive-minded well, no, than that? He, he was hurt. He, he got hurt. Oh, the injury. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Because Kata got this hurt in the Napoli blur. game. Right. So that's why he wasn't in the starting 11. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He, and he hasn't started all of the games. Mm-hmm. Like... Genie Wijnaldum has been a more consistent starter than Nabi Keita for the most part. Which is a little interesting to me. He's all, I mean, yeah. He is what he is, right? But uh, but if we're talking about... um, We've, we've spent enough time on Liverpool. Let's give some... Yeah? I mean, I think. Where do we want to go? Do you want to... Let's Let, uh, head well, to London? Uh, I think head, we, let's stay. just go 45 minutes by train a little inland to Manchester all right. for a All right, minute. all right. We were already there, right? With yeah. City. Let's just go right back. Um, sure, is Manchester red now? Oh, it's always red. Um... <laughs> Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Jose Mourinho, though, little red-faced. But uh, the guy had this game against Newcastle where there's the looming gossip from the Daily Mirror that says his job is done. He's fired regardless of the result. Then you have Sky Sports, BBC, and ESPN all come out with conflicting reports the night before the match Mm -hmm. saying, no, that's not true. So then you have this dilemma where you've got conflicting reports and then now Man United have actually banned the reporter who broke that for the mirror, I read. I don't know if Interesting. if that'll happen more, but we'll see. Uh, as a media member, I don't really like that. Yeah, I'm never a big fan of that. Of Yankee Even credentials. Even if it is bad reporting. Um, it's bad reporting, of course, but we'll but see. sources are sources, right? Sources are sources. you got to trust them. Probably don't go back to that source. But going back to the match, I mean, guys, this one went... Uh, 1-0 down, United. They decide to go 2-0 down. Um, <laughs> Interesting. Bold move. Really bold Marino, mood, yeah. right? Uh, really. Uh, <laughs> God. And I had probably like six different emotions throughout that first half. And then Eric Bailly gets pulled for Juan Mata. Juan Mata, who was exiled at Chelsea by Jose Mourinho, comes into the game. Second half, it's 2-0. Gets a free kick. And this guy has more more free kicks converted in the Premier League since his debut than any other player. So that's the guy you want on the ball. Curls it in. 2-1. Deficit in half. And then another player who he's exiled in a sense at United. Pogba is pulling the strings. Martial ends up scoring. Another player who's exiled. It's insane. And then how about the latest player in exile? Alexis Sanchez off the bench gets the header. All four players involved in the goals are players who have not been on the good side of Jose Mourinho, and they might have just saved his job. Yeah, they're saying- uh, do you know what my issue with that is? Why have all of these players been put in Mourinho's bad graces? Why because has this been allowed Jose to Jose Mourinho happen? never blames himself. Exactly. That's and that exactly is what I'm something saying. that you cannot do. 
something that Sir Alex Ferguson would never, he would have blamed himself six times by now this season. Jose Mourinho has done so zero times in his career. Right. I mean, yeah, you, you can blame the players in your first season when they're not your guys, but at this point, he's gotten mostly... Cool. Oh, and he wants these center backs, but Victor Lindelof and Eric Bailly are your own purchases. Stop complaining about center backs when you've made center back signings. Right. You can't just expect that. You're not Man City. You can't just buy a player every also single summer McTominay, in the same so position. Like you McTominay do- drops into center back. Pogba drops into center back. And I think it's the absurd. thing here is, is that, you know... The Mourinho criticism has been aired out, and we know what's going on with this third season there again. Like, it's just, it seems to be what happens in his third season that, whatever, for whatever reason, that's the amount of time it takes for him to put his players that he brings in and the ones that are already there in bad moods, put them at odds with himself, and often do that with the, the boards at, at those respective clubs as well. The question is whether he can parlay this win into an extended stay in Manchester beyond. You know, the expectation that he's gone by by the winter transfer window. And I don't think this win changes that unless Jose Mourinho plans to change himself. And he's, guys I, I can tell you what he's not going to I don't I don't think that Mourinho is going to change right now. No, he won't. And the only way that things change at Old Trafford is if either he goes. I think that a lot of it falls on the board. Ed Woodward. Ed Woodward. Um, and higher up from there, I, you can't really go after the Glazers. They're the owners, and I love how that's just oh, like Oh, trust me, as thinking. an Arsenal fan, you right. can go after <laughs> okay, the owners. But, like, I just don't understand the logic behind that. I don't want to dive too much into that. But sure. the people who are making the transfer, de- like, think about this for a minute. Like, the people who are making the decisions there are not the owners. They're not sitting there. They don't really care that much about the transfers. And like what's going on? As far they just as kind of give you the money, and you exactly. go do what you'd like with it. If you're so, who's the money. doing what they're doing? United need a technical director of football. Mm-hmm. That's what they need. Essentially, a general manager type of position, and that's what City has, and it's working well there. So go do that as well. But if you're planning to get rid of Mourinho, you need to make it happen where they're coming in with each other because they have to work well together. That is why Barca or former Barca people are at City doing that together. It works that way. Right. So that's how I look at it. I think Mourinho's job is safe because Zinedine Zidane, as great as he did at Real Madrid, it's a similar feeling I had about Pep Guardiola when he signed with City. He hadn't built a team. Zidane will have to build a team. He hasn't had to. He He inherited a really darn good Real Madrid team. With Ronaldo and, and Modric and Bale. Late heroics. And exactly. There was a lot from Sergio Ramos... I mean, not to be said that constantly. Zon isn't young and can't become a good manager, but I do think for no, but, Manchester I mean, United, yeah, exactly. Zidane's you got to prove yourself one differently. Kind of attribute is his ability to manage players, right? And what does Man you need at this point? That first and foremost, heavily. that I would say, yeah. But also, like half this team kind of needs to be remodeled. The other yep. half, like you want to keep as much as you can like po- that young core that the young forward group i mean still continues when they get time to show a lot of promise you know Martial's still young as much criticism as he gets give him some time look at jesse lingard the age he was at when people start realizing he's a good footballer you look at marcus like, rashford you gotta give them some time rashford is still so young and he just he so the criticism every game right and the criticism is just absurd that people just expect instant gratification from these young players Give them some time. Wait till they're 23, 24 to start really expecting something more from them. 
because they have to develop a little more. They have to, you're going to make mistakes until you're about that age. Well, it just that's just I, how I also it is. Think, I don't know. I know Mourinho. I think I think that some of these players could be in much more positive positions if they had a more positive, uh, loving manager at their side as young players. Because I think Rashford just has everything you want in the tool bag in terms of just. Well, also you know what they say: you can't spell unity without Unai. If you forget about the A, that's, wow! That's I didn't quite, think about it like that. Quite the transition to Arsenal. Uh, oh, do we want to go to Arsenal next? I was actually thinking maybe we talk about Chelsea next because that's Mourinho's former club. And Let's do it. They Chelsea seem to then. be doing all right with themselves right now. Yeah, I mean, ch- title contenders have, again, it right? It helps when you have the Are best they? player in the world. Are right. they? Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Back off. That's not true. Luka Modric. Guys, Messi is the best player until he decides he's not the best player. <laughs> Okay, yeah, I, I fine, think Messi's better. Fine, fine, fine. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to get into the best player in the world arguments, but yeah, Eden Hazard having a great season for Chelsea. They're title contenders again. Are they? They are. Are they? They are. Can I make the case that they're not? Uh, absolutely, because I thought they weren't until now. Okay, <laughs> so for me, it's, it's pretty straightforward. Look at the fixtures they've played so far. So in their eight games, five of them have come against Cardiff, Newcastle, Huddersfield, Southampton, and West Ham. Would you like me to tell you where those teams are in the table? I feel like you're going to tell us either way. 20th, 19th, 18th, 16th, and 15th. Austin, you were correct. But that's five of the six lowest teams in the table. So is Man United even a test for them then in now, this judgment? I, I think I actually think Man is. United is a little bit of a test because then look at the more difficult matches that they've had to play. If you look at Liverpool, Arsenal... The Bournemouth Cherries, all top six right now on the table. Come they've on, all, you cherries. They've all been in Stamford Bridge. This team has ah. yet to go on the road and play a good team. That's a good point. And, ah. and it, we would be remiss to not mention that when they did play Arsenal, a team in their second game with their new head coach, with their new manager, Arsenal scrubbed a lot of shots from five feet away, guys. This was not like your typical 3-2 home win. That's one that could have easily been... Five to Arsenal, and and I don't just say that as an Arsenal fan. They deserve to lose. They finished horribly in that game. But what concerns me about Chelsea is that for all of the good looks that they do get, they are not converting very well. Only a third of their shots so far this year have been on target. So I think the run that they put together, you know, we're about a fifth of the way through the season right now, a little bit more than that. They've put themselves in great position to finish top four. I expect them to finish top four. I have yet to see one convincing performance from this squad. One. I'm just happy that they're fun to watch again, personally. They are fun to watch. Like I'll Having Sorry in, in this league makes me just so happy. Um, I think... And I do... Th- I, by the they're way... They're playing forward-thinking football, which is... Yes, and I think that Sari has done a tremendous job. I think they're very well set up for the future. It's I, also kind of weird that, like, outside of Hazard, their best their best attacker plays left back like (laughs) (laughs) yeah marcus alonso that's he's been that good though no i know but like that that's how you're gonna go right yeah and that's how you're gonna give up all those shots to arsenal is because you have three defenders back and one of them is david louise so i mean uh there's there's a lot of problems back there for them i think but uh and yeah i think ultimately they're not gonna be title contenders um they're According to expected goals and expected goals against for every team in the Premier League, they are the second most overperformers in the league. Which so, kind of lines up with yeah, yeah. What, what I've felt watching them as well, right? Yeah, I they, mean, part of that though is also just like Hazard 
scores from spots other people does not. And right. I do think that right now on form, he's a top five player in the world. On form. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. No question about it. I think Chelsea's in a position where I guess maybe it doesn't fall on sorry for the change in form. Maybe it's just the fact that it's a new manager that it the does that. that it's ha- but I and do, then I Hazard's have- playing so well. And, and to go back to your point about being at home, they are at home against United, so that is another... Stanford Bridge match. But, Here we go. But, so I guess you can't really spell that one out yet. But uh, we'll see how they do when it comes I mean, to a big game on the road. But, I mean, away matches are away matches. Like They, they did beat uh, kind of one and a half Liverpool team, like half their real team and half their second strings in, in, the, in the Is that the League Cup? Yeah, in the League Cup. Okay, so yeah, Carabao Cup doesn't count. Man United lost to Derby County. Um, <laughs> but... I, I don't know. Though. Chelsea's looking really strong. I think it's an audition for Real Madrid, possibly for Eden Hazard. I think that's the next stop for him. I don't it know has why. To be, right? Why He's you stay? It. Yeah. Why you stay at Chelsea at this point? You've won the things you want to win with Chelsea. I think, right? No Champions League yet. And that was part of the decision. Was I remember his tweet when he decided between United and Chelsea? He tweeted like, "I'm going to the Champions League winners." Right. Is what he tweeted, mm-hmm. and well, I think I think that is a testament to Sari, though, like to be able to kind of comfort a player like that into like at least thinking about what's staying? what's Sari telling Hazard? Is he telling him go ahead and do your thing? Like I think he's I just, think he's giving him a free run. Just go do your thing. Well, I think, I think he, that's, that that's true because he's just he's a different breed than Mourinho and then Antonio Conte, in which he's just letting his guys go out there. Obviously, he has a system in place. You know, this tight, quick passing, one touch, two touch passing. It's beautiful. It's fun to watch. I think it does kind of cater to Hazard's style because it keeps the ball often at his feet. He's getting it in a lot of different positions, and um, he is such a great passer in those close windows yeah. more than when he's trying to spread it like back towards the middle of the field. And he, he, he doesn't like to be kind of tactically restrained. He likes to roam free, and that's what Sari system does is you can go wherever. Like Those three guys up top for Napoli, they would just kind of roam about freely. Sorry's kind of profiling, honestly, is the exact type of manager that United could use right now. Obviously, I think Sorry's going to... He's, he's set up to be at Stanford for a long time. And I don't think that the pieces that Man U have fit with, you know, his system. But, hypothetically, if Man U does bring in another manager, even if it's not Zidane, I think they should look for somebody like Sorry who has kind of a more lax approach yeah, with I mean, his players. Maybe an, maybe an Eddie Howe from, from Bournemouth. Yeah, not to go back to United too much, but like what is kind of is a tactically like advanced manager like something that you look at? Is that at the top of your checklist if at you're this United? point? I oh, it, I mean, I don't you know. Look at what Pool's doing. You look at what City's doing now. Chelsea, Emery, even a little bit. Yeah, that's that's just kind of the status quo now in the Premier it's League. It's just the way that it is. I think Jose Mourinho is outdated. A little bit. Sir Alex Ferguson would be outdated at this point. Yeah. I mean, but the question that's it, just the way it is. But it happens great every managers the way that adapt. Fergie did. Yeah. Fergie did. Right. Mourinho hasn't. It's what that's got, your difference. It's what made Arsene Wenger stale at Arsenal, is he was unwilling to adapt his oh, absolutely. to the changing times. Now it seems that his biggest rival, Mourinho, for all of the, the stuff that he started slinging at, at Wenger, now Wenger is not there for... That stuff to be thrown at, and he doesn't really know where it's to him. throw it. Because it, it's him. It, it has to go back at him. You know, it's him, and I think that's exactly what's happened. So props to Chelsea for fixing it. Yep. Uh, United will fix it eventually. Um, 
But Arsenal, well, they I, were fortunate too. I, Austin? I think United just has to fix it before they lose Pogba. I mean, that's the thing to me. Cause so he's kind of this is reminding rule. me of like when Ronaldo was going through his little phase at United where he wanted to go to Real Madrid and all that. And Strong Ferguson, I mean, the same thing happened with David Beckham. You're not bigger than the club. No one's bigger than the club. The name on the front means way more than the name on the back. So Paul Pogba can't be throwing fits. I haven't really seen him throw a fit. There's that video, but that can be completely out of context that, that was going around from training. No, I, I just no idea what that. Mourinho. Yeah, that's not being bigger than the club, that though. That's just understanding that your manager is an idiot. Is incompetent, yeah. possibly. Yeah, and yeah. He, he, he wants to play a different way than the way that he's being right. coached to and play. So he should be allowed to do you that. You know what's crazy is that he, France played the same like style, in my opinion, the way that they set up and kind of run the attack, the way Mourinho runs an attack. Mm. And what happened was the difference was Pogba was actually playing in a more free well, yeah. The I mean, difference as well is that N'Golo he, Conte. he had Conte next to him. Yeah. And, you know, Nemanja Matic pretty, is no N'Golo Conte. He had a pretty secure back line. They had a lot more ample <laughs> attackers um, yeah. than United. I mean, maybe not more ample, but just of a higher quality, I think, overall. O- outside of outside of Modric, I don't think there's anyone, I and maybe De Bruyne, that I want like moving the ball from, from the defending half to the attacking half more than Pogba. Because he can do it kind of... Off the top of my head, for the most part, uh, yeah. He's I top mean, three in that. I'd throw Rakitic in that group as well. But, yeah, you're not going to get an argument no. from me. Okay. I'm done with talking about United, sure. honestly. Let's get do away wanna, from it. Do we want to bring it because on to my club? I think we're going to go to North London. Are there any uh, Tottenham? Do we want to talk some Tottenham? Or well, they, I think we should think skip straight to Arsenal, I other than the fact that Spurs are playing pretty well. I have a moment on, on Spurs. I just think that they are... That what what we expected to happen to Spurs is is happening. That the they didn't bring any transfers in during the summer window, and oh, injuries yeah. have started to pile up. Harry Kane doesn't look quite himself after the ankle injury I think he sustained last year, and um, you know they're they're kind of playing to that degree. You can start to see holes in them as a team, but at the same time, Pochettino is such a good manager. He's getting results out of the squad. Harry Kane is no Romelu Lukaku. He doesn't he doesn't go get the ball. <laughs> and neither and of them are Alexander Lacazette. Okay, that is true because neither so of fun. them ride the bench for their club. <laughs> um, that's not, but that's not true anymore. I know it's not true anymore. I know. I just wanted to take a, a jab, but I think Harry Kane is gonna have to change his his way. There is no real stand up top as a number nine and just wait for crosses anymore. Deli uh, Ali well, is not comfortable bringing the ball f- to him. When we talked about before the season, I was that's very right. worried about Harry Kane. This was this is true. Austin mm-hmm. was very concerned after that World Cup performance. Yeah, I think I listened to your guys' pod. I remember listening to that. Yeah, and I'm not as worried anymore. Somehow, I think Whoa. that he's performed. I think I think his his confidence is there. I mean, yeah. I just think that there's some it, games it, it where does, he it, just disappears. No, it does feel different. Like he, it felt like he was the fulcrum of every game, but like. Now he's not, but like I'm not. I don't know. It's tough because that entire team is just different because there's so many injuries, and that's what happens when you don't sign anyone is you don't have any depth. Like, right. I mean, that's just like you know, no brainer right there. But I I think you almost see what happened. Uh, this is a weird comparison, but it's almost like what happened to Ronaldo in his last couple of years at you, or uh, not Juventus. Uh, getting a little far ahead of myself at Real, where. He yeah, did yeah, not yeah. have the same agility. He didn't have the same speed. I don't think that's happening to Harry Kane because he's getting older. That's what happened to Ronaldo. But it seems like he still is a little bit knocked up, you know, and yeah. he, he hasn't been able to quite get rid of the injuries, but he's still one of the best finishers in front of goal in 
the world. And he's still scoring goals, but as you mentioned, it's just not he. It's not like they're always trying to get him the ball and he's creating and scoring for them. It's more like, you know, when he's available, they're getting the ball to him and he still does the job. As as, as a stats guy, I'd like to like pull up a stat and be like, this is why I'm worried. But like, there's nothing really there that is that worrying to me. Yeah, it's it's just really weird to kind of watch. Like he still had he had six shots over the weekend against Cardiff, which is like a normal number for him. So, but that's also. Cardiff. Cardiff. <laughs> Cardiff isn't as bad uh, as they they're should bad. Be. They're no, they should be higher great. up. Sure, but I mean, obviously, if you're twentieth, you're gonna have some bad luck to get to twentieth. Based on the yeah. stats, they yeah. should be, according to understat, they should be like fourteenth, which is kind of weird, isn't mm, it? Tasty lower mid table. I don't, I don't <laughs> like stats in soccer too much. No, I know eight, ga- eight games. Is way so, well, there's too. no, there's just. I mean, there's sometimes, a lot. sometimes it's just a little too much. I do like expected goals. It's grown on me. Those type of stats. I'll, I think but, you and I both like, and maybe Austin as but well. There's so much of a human element. We're huge fans. There's of, so much of a human element to soccer. Pack, I think more than think most other sports. Packing is my favorite. Packing is now. It, if you don't know what that is, go Google it. It's basically how it's many um, players you take out. With your passes, yep. dribbles, the and Paul Pogba and stat. Yeah, no, Paul Pogba would excel in packing. Oh, I would assume. I, probably, I probably one of the best players. Right. With that statistic, but I just learned but about digress, packing right? fairly recently. If I'm being honest, that's right. Me too. I learned about it. I think when Matt had pointed it out to me, but just like Matt is going to point out the fact that we need to transition into Arsenal. Yes. So Matt, Arsenal, actually looking like a team that can put wins on the board. Yes. Is that true? Yes. Am I reading this right? You are. Nine. My eyes weren't deceiving. Nine, nine wins in a row. Six in the league, which is personally what I'm more concerned with. Mm-hmm. Um, they lost the first two games of the year. They didn't look terrible against City. They looked actually pretty good against Chelsea outside of the whole not being able to knock the ball in the net thing. Um, but, you know, you lose the first two games. You have a new manager. He replaces the club legend. And everybody will just kind of descend upon you, especially when it's Arsenal, right? Because they've been the underachievers for the past 10 years or so. But realistically, there wasn't anything I saw in those first two games that I didn't expect to see slash couldn't be fixed. And um, it started to come along pretty nicely. Uh, Arsenal has finally kind of inserted Lucas Torreira into the midfield. He is finally partnered very well with Granite Shaka, who has not been able to shine in, in any of his time at Arsenal now in his third year, except for this season, really, where he started to... So you mean a player who can't defend when you put a player that can defend next to him does well? Mm, yes, yes, that is actually what I'm pointing at here. And he started spraying the ball forward. Basically, what it's meant is that Arsenal is a little bit more protected in front of that back line, which remains a huge issue, but that they also have been able to contain the ball in midfield control possession a little bit, play out of the back the way that Emery wants to, and that has led to more opportunities for this attacking unit, which is one of the best in the league. It's it's certainly one of the most fun to it watch looks in the so league. so good. It, it really, really does. does. <laughs> it's beautiful to watch. I have not enjoyed watching Arsenal football in my fandom, which spans about five, six years now. Uh, as much as ah, I you have, missed the good days, man. Uh, I did. You miss missed some good days. good days. That's that's just the nature of the beast growing up in a, a football American football family. But um, no, they look really good. Meza Urzil did not start in this most recent league game. He might not be. He might not be that, Ryan Fraser. Yeah. He might not be. That, <laughs> yes. <laughs> he might not be, but he really might not be that mu- that important of a player 
for this attacking squad going forward because I think Emery has just accepted that two of his players being Lacazette and Aubameyang that he needs to find room for that he's I think he's trying to find ways for them to start but certainly they need to get minutes and Alex Iwobi has started to perform he was so good in in that Fulham game yeah no he's and that that was the continuation of a trend he's been that good for the past month or so and you know he's just more of a natural winger a more willing defender than some of the other players we have up forward namely Mkhitaryan and Ozil so it looks like he's kind of a fixture in this lineup at least for the immediate future and it's led to results they are they still aren't you know they aren't necessarily ready I think for challenging they're two points behind the title race but that's not going to be realistic but it does look like they can capitalize on um the struggles of Spurs and United right now and make a run at that fourth spot, maybe third, but likely they're looking at a fourth or fifth place finish right now. The way I see it right now is kind of City, then Liverpool, then the three, um, the three London clubs, and then United, kind of like in a, in a tier almost is those three London clubs. So, and it'll be kind of interesting. To watch. I, I personally like Chelsea the most and then Arsenal. Oh, I don't know. Tottenham is really weird. But, uh, I just feel like they're going to have to do so much business in the winter to be reinforced. Yeah. yeah. They still have – I mean, they're only a tiny, tiny way, presumably, through their run in Europe. Yeah. So they, they need to bring in some substitutions right. or they're going to start dipping into the academy. Right. And then, I mean, Lacazette, for some reason, whenever he scores, it just makes me really happy. Like, I don't have an explanation for it. That's just the emotion I feel. He's just a very mild – happy friendly person yeah and so i'm happy for him about so like that. when juan mata scores yeah no i i you yeah. know i'm usually not rooting for united goals but when mata <laughs> scores i go i just i just think of him when i feel when the same way about when, premier league players and when lukaku niceness. scores he seems like you know a really like good head oh, on go his read his players tribune post if you haven't people right. that is oh, tearjerker but yeah, that's off topic. But, but that's kind of the players that Arsenal have together now. I think that's the biggest thing for yeah, them. Yeah, it's a fun-loving team. It's a really good squad. That's yeah. what it is. I, it's I'm a just, really good squad. The way that I've kind of seen Twitter react, which is kind of the way I take in other teams' fandoms, I think you're looking at it much more realistically. Like, you're just enjoying it while it's going on. Like, you kind of know what to expect. Well, they haven't put together, outside of the Fulham performance, a single performance in this winning streak where I go, we're ready to take on City. We're ready to take on Liverpool. And Liverpool is about three weeks away right now. So I, I think... They always not, play Liverpool tough, though. It's not... Worth. That's true. But it's not hard to see what could be coming, right? Like, right. This, this run of form invariably will not last. The same table that I've been looking at, it says that Arsenal should be 11th based on everything. Which, But, like, once again, if you have players who are really good at finishing, like, you can overperform things and, and stuff. And that's Arsenal. 48% of their shots have been on target, which yeah. is absurd. Yeah. But it's also... They have a bombing. They have twenty five percent of all shots have gone in. Right. I think, which is again absurd. But you know, with the finishers that they have, is it going to regress a lot? Probably not a lot. But but it will. I mean, will just go as much down. as anything is that they'll give up more goals too. I think. Like I know it's kind of sad to think about, but their defense just isn't that good. Right. I think the Torreira effect is an interesting one because yeah. he just hasn't been in mm. there for a lot of their minutes. Now that it looks like he's fit enough for Emery to put him into the, the starting squad and, you know, Ganduzi continues to impress in the minutes that he gets. Uh, it's just about maximizing their time out there uh, as long as Xhaka is on the on the field. Yeah, Ganduzi's going to be a household name. 
Oh yeah. In years 19 to come. 19 years old. In years to come. My goodness. Play that role at 19 years old. It's such a difficult role. You have to be such an intelligent player. You have to think so well ahead of the play and mm-hmm. he does at 19. He's instinctive. Very special player. Someone that Arsenal's going to have to hold on to desperately at some point. Where's it's going this, to get where's this really Kondozi awkward. love coming from? I don't I just I don't know when he's when he was just like getting first time I heard his name first time I heard his name I went up and googled him and watched no, some yeah, YouTube it was, videos it was weird. and I was just watching him and I was like no he's not 19 he's playing like he's third like what he was doing what he can do is something I just don't know there's just something about him that there's just an it intelligence. is his instincts there's his really instincts. something special that you just don't see it's a, he's a maybe maybe oh geez I don't want to say it Arsenal fans but might be your best player since uh, best center midfielder since Patrick Vieira. Like, that's that's oh, what it's feeling like. Down. I won't like, go that far. In the future, he could be that type of player. He's just he's just got that I type don't... of skill. I feel like. he projects. He definitely projects. Um, the other thing is that at Arsenal over the the past three years or so, you know we've had squad players come in and you know get great runs of play and then just seemingly drop their form all of a sudden. But I think a lot of that, too, did have to do with the fact that Wenger kind of had a quick hook with the younger players, and Emery seems a lot more willing to just, you know, this is your role. You'll start in Europe. You will play 30, 40 minutes off the bench every once in a while in the Premier League, and that's what it's going to be unless injury forces you out. And uh, I think that's been really important for this team. It just seems like the communication has improved. And the communication perfectly worked its way for Aaron Ramsey this (laughs) weekend. In what was maybe the goal of the season. I think this is a good time to get into that right now for now the goal of the season contender. Ramsey this weekend, Matt, we were talking about this before we recorded just how perfect everything lined up. The skill to lead up to the finish, which was also a beauty. So hit in to Lacazette in basically the edge of Arsenal's defensive third. Lacazette one times it back on the on the near sideline to Ramsey, who flicks it back to Lacazette, who started to make a run. Ramsey, after this flick, kind of has to jump over a defender. And then Lacazette flicks it forward to Hector Bayerine. And Bayerine then, with his back foot, flicks it back it's towards... back heel in the yes, air. into Ramsey's... Like, into his space in front of him. It hits, like, his chest, maybe even his head. And then he heads it again before it hits the ground, I believe... Over towards Mkhitaryan, it falls to him at this point in the uh, the attacking third for Arsenal. Mkhitaryan slots a beautiful ball into the path of Aubameyang, who lets it run for a little bit. Then he crosses it back into Ramsey, who had just finished the run, finds this cutback space, and then he backheels it right onto the far post, and it rolls in. And you know, I've heard, I've talked with you guys about this a little bit. I think you have some other goal of the year um, favorites outside of this one. But as a team goal... Best team goal this season. Nothing's going to come close to it. This is probably one of the best team goals in the Premier League ever. Honestly. It, it's phenomenal, so the whole thing from start to my finish. My unofficial count that I just made in my head while watching this off Sean's computer, they took 12 total touches to get it all the way down the field. Right. <laughs> Which, like... That's was, great. It was That's great. Six of them, the ball didn't hit the ground. Exactly, yeah. I mean... I listened to the Ringer FC podcast and they had goal of the year last year and they did like team goal versus like individual because I feel like they are kind of different. Categories. I think it's a better way to do it. Yeah, I, I think, haven't seen I a better team goal. There hasn't been a better team goal, but there have been better finishes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think Daniel Sturridge versus Chelsea, which was 
an absolute beauty. I know Austin, you'll you'll probably go for that right now. Oh, go ahead. But I was, that was just yeah. I was beautiful. just laying in bed, kind of hopeless after Hazard struck in the first half, and then nothing. Is this like eighty really ninth or ninetieth minute? Yeah, eighty eighty eighth minute or eighty ninth minute. Sturge comes on, had been on for like three minutes, and he just gets the ball, and he's like. You're going to give me this much space? Are you kidding me? And then he just bends it into the far corner. He's about, what, 35 or 30 yards away yeah. from goal, just a little bit to the left yeah, on the, the shock, field. I mean, and, and, it, and Conte's it the player on him. Yeah, it literally that. came out of nowhere. Um, I I don't know. The like, crazy thing is that it's Sturridge taking it to me. It's just like to have the audacity. Like, you're oh, not Bobby good. Firmino. You're not Mane. You're not Salah. You're not even some of those midfielders that I think yeah. Liverpool fans might have rather taken yeah. that shot. And you can't blame Keppa on the line there to He almost he, gets to it. He nearly gets to it. He's a little off his line, but that's where you want to be where that ball is. Like mm-hmm. he's not in a bad position yep. as and a goalkeeper. He's only like two, three yards off his line. That's a good position for a goalkeeper. Surge has been kind of a, revela- a revelation this year. Mm-hmm. He came on Yeah, this is absurd he that he's came become on good in- again. Might have been the Tottenham game or something. He came on and within like twelve seconds, he headed the ball in the back of the net. Like having him as a backup striker has been very nice. Like he's what Danny we were hoping Danny Ings would be last year. Mm-hmm. And then the Seagerson goal against Leicester. What what match day do we say it was on? Two. I think or it was two. The second the, week. Wait, what? The the Sigurdsson goal. Sigurdsson was this weekend. It was this no, weekend. Was. Yeah, I did I actually didn't see that. Yeah, so. I'll turn my computer so you can see it. I ha- I've seen it since I watched oh, the highlight. Got yeah. you. Got but you. I didn't. I didn't see it. I was running through the the yeah. highlights of the week. So, as the most technical member of this room, Sean, yes. talk, talk, take us through kind of the the form and the. No, I was just curious. Took... You're you're just mocking me because no, of what I was saying but earlier. you do like <laughs> like. I'm just like I was wow, just curious. How I think because Sturridge's strike his is his is a curl mm-hmm. type of strike where he's really just bending it for that top corner. But, I mean, nowadays you bend it, you can put so much power on it. Well, you Beckham get to describe the first this one. So, Gilfie Sigurdsson picks it up in the midfield, about like 35 yards from goal. Does a beautiful Cruyff turn. I mean, this is just goodbye. And he sends um, Madison, I think it was, uh, the who other way. Who's a great Who's player. really a really good player. Keep an eye on him. Just like Milner. Yeah, one Austin, of those, one one of those, those players Englishmen. where he's English. Like, uh, is he yeah. like a British player where if he's not British, you're saying a lot of really good things about him because he's Portuguese had, or something. But like on another pod, Brazilian, we'll talk about really. these l- lower down table teams. Yeah, let's let's do that on the next pod. But Gilfie Sigurdsson hits this with like the instep of his right foot. Like it's between the inside of your foot where you just want to pass it, and then the laces, and he's hitting it on that sweet spot. Where the ball can curl and dip, it's similar to David Luiz's style on free kicks. If you're familiar with those, and he just hits it in the most absurd fashion. I mean, this is just a beautiful strike into the top corner, beats the goalkeeper, who is one of the top three in the world according to the FIFA Best Awards, Casper Schmeichel. It, it and he had a great World Cup, so he's on a hot streak right now. But I think Schmeichel, like his reputa- reputation at this point, kind of precedes him oh yeah absolutely i mean to be in your dad's footsteps too jeez and this strike from sigurdsson is just special top corner 2-1 everton win it i mean doesn't get better than that it's a game winner uh sturges was a, a tie game tying goal and ramsey's happened in a blowout game ramsey's was the least significant to the right, result right and to me that never should matter and when i think it goes when away in time it. unless it's a really big match yeah because how many how many goals do you have that end up as match winners it's like 25, 30% of goals scored, right? 
<laughs> you said Gareth Bale? Yes. Oh, Austin. Champions League final. Uh, but, okay, let's see. I'll poll everyone. And, Matt, what's your decision for right now of those three? Unless you have another one. Oh, I'm, I'm biased. Yeah. Go but ahead and I'm go take, ahead and be biased. I'm then. taking my team. Yep. Um, Ramsey. It's just it's more than one singular moment. It was player after player that just happened to be in the right place, that happened to do the perfect, most beautiful thing. And honestly, I just can't get enough of it. I just keep watching it. You know, it's one of those goals for me. Yeah, you you weren't even were you watching it when you were redescribing it? I was not because no, it didn't I've look like it. it to and I was sitting point. here watching and it, it and keeping yesterday. it while <laughs> you were going, and I was like, this is phenomenal. Right, but. Yeah, uh, that's the best team goal for sure. Austin, what's your goal? Also biased. Yep. Uh, I mean, Go for I, it. honestly, I think that that goal was probably better. But like the Arsenal. Yeah. Yeah. The the moment for the Sturge goal, along with the actual strike of it all, I was I was a little under the weather that day as I was watching the game, and that got me up. That got me like running around the house, like who can I talk to? Yet everyone else was asleep. So, I mean. Yeah, it had it had something else with it as well, more than just a great goal like Arsenal's was. That's where it matters that you were watching it when it happened, right? Because you get the suspense of the moment. So for your memory, it's tied well, to so that, right? I, well, actually, I watched it after the fact. Like I, I, I'd slept through the game, but oh, I watched it. But I didn't, no. I didn't know what happened except I saw uh, a text that said, "What a strike!" And I knew oh, it was near the end of the game. It wasn't me, was it? No, uh, I, I've learned not to send you anything. No. I sent you like first half. Yeah, and I didn't respond until you don't respond, and I know he's recorded it. Yeah, so but still, I didn't know what had happened, and I'm like, did did Chelsea just like put us away in the 89th? And then I saw Sturge. Well, um, I'm gonna go with the Aaron Ramsey goal. I think that's just such a good team goal. I think Sigurdsson's is the best, like out and out strike. If you had three seconds of play to determine which one was the best strike, it's Mm -hmm. best goal. It's that strike, best finish, but the best. Yeah, the best finish is that, but the best goal, which to me will always encompass the buildup, because Maradona dribbling through England in Mexico City is one of the best goals ever. It's not because of the finish. So that's why. It's it's always the buildup has to play a role in it. But damn, what a strike. Gilfie Sigurdsson. <laughs> that is a crack. But I don't know. Ramsey has to get it for me. That's a How about we give heck it of a to play. The Arsenal squad. Yeah, that's a team goal. Yeah. Ramsey's name is going to be tied on that goal forever, but everyone deserves a piece of the pie on that one. I think that does it. Yeah. Yep. Any uh, any last Arsenal's words? Arsenal's in fourth. I I couldn't be happier. That's where we belong, right? Uh, Liverpool doesn't have to play a really good team. I'm happy about that. Yeah, a little bit international break right now. U.S. men's national team in action. We didn't get into any of that, but there are I'll more be qualified that. people to talk about that. About we'll be talking I, I about that. Agree with that yeah. at another point in time. But that does it for Emerald FC. Is what we label it here on the Emerald Podcast Network. You can catch more Emerald podcasts at DailyEmerald.com, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Podcasts and now Spotify. So yeah. Definitely check it out. DailyEmerald.com has a nice little sidebar as well where you can catch the SoundCloud link to the podcasts and listen to other podcasts as well as read plenty of articles at DailyEmerald.com. Thanks for listening, guys. Peace.